In the next two episodes, I interviewed two small-scale, diversified urban farms. The farmers participated in on-farm trials with me on the project Enhanced Strawberry Production in North Central Region through tunnel-based assistance, supported by North Central SEER, Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education. Both the farmers are new in growing strawberries, and they grow the crops in caterpillar tunnels. They shared their experience and thought of growing strawberries and their plans in the future. We appreciate the financial support from North Central Sierra to this project. The following interview is with Nick and Marine, owners of Outlier Farm in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, my name's Nick. And my name's Marie. We own Outlier Farmstead. Outlier Farmstead is a little less than three quarters of an acre. Um, we would be called a diversified market uh, farm. In Bloomington, Indiana. Um, so yeah, we just grow a variety of things. There's plenty of things. Lots of greens uh, and tomatoes, typically things that you see at a farmer's market. But also things like artichokes and ginger, some kind of off the beaten path things as well. Uh, we sell our produce mainly through a collaborative CSA model um, with a group called People's Cooperative Market in Bloomington. Um, the most similar model to it is just a traditional CSA. This is our fourth season? Uh, this tunnel right here is 14 by 50 feet and we have four of them. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a number of other kind of rudimentary uh, high tunnel structures around the farm too. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely something that we value a lot, is the protected growing space in our farm. Mm -hmm. Nick and Marine explained how they grow the strawberries and their findings. We planted them on September 17th, uh, 2022. We have three rows in this tunnel. Um, they're each three feet wide. Uh, in each row we fit three rows of strawberries and I think they're spaced at 12 inches apart. Mm -hmm. um, that adds up to like 300 something strawberry plants in mm -hmm. uh, this tunnel. Um, we kept them in this tunnel. We had uh, wire wickets over each row that we would uh, drape fleece over when temperatures got below maybe 18 degrees Fahrenheit at night. Um, so for a good chunk of December and January they were covered with the layer of fleece. Um, um, the fleece that we used to cover it was Agrabon 30, I believe, or maybe two covers of Agrabon 15. Nothing really too heavy. Um, and that was the only covering that we used inside the tunnel, and the tunnel is covered with just uh, typical 6mm plastic. We had our first harvest uh, on April 20th, and our last harvest was about May 30th. Um, we did not fertilize the crop at all. Uh, our only inputs were irrigation and compost, mm -hmm. and sparingly at that for and the compost part. We pruned the crop in March. We pruned some mm -hmm. of the leaves off in March. And yeah, there was a lot of covering and uncovering of the strawberries in the winter. When it got too warm, we would uncover, especially, you know, when you get into the shoulder, more of the shoulder February, March. So we, we laid down a very thin uh, garbage bag-esque uh, layer of plastic mulch 
um, around each row. I think it's actually one millimeter thick. And we put the silver side facing up. It has a black and a silver side. Um, and we ran one drip line for each row of plants. So that would be three drip lines per row uh, with the emitter spacing at 12 inches, I believe, to match the spacing of the strawberries. Um, we would uh, run it for about 10 to 15 minutes a day, every day in September uh, and probably October and November. And then we kind of quit irrigating throughout most of the winter and then started irrigating again in maybe early April or late March. We're trialing seven, seven different varieties, um, and they're all different, and it was really nice to get to experience all of the different varieties mm -hmm. throughout the season. Yeah. Um, our f my favorite was uh, San Andreas because it was the highest yielding. Mm -hmm. um, Monterey was another that was uh, really high yielding. Yeah, high, high yield and big and large size of strawberries. The Sensation variety also had really large strawberries but produced much less and it took a little bit longer to ripen. We, we found out that's something that people were excited about was mm -hmm. seeing really big strawberries. Um, yeah, that's it, true. It, it seemed impressive to them. The earliest ones were the Sweet Charlie. I feel like we got a couple of harvests off of those, very, very small harvests off of those um, uh -huh. before any other variety, but those also stopped producing first. And then Chandler was last to produce any ripe berries and it became very folios before actually fruiting. But then when it fruited, there, were so, there was a lot of fruit on it, but it wasn't very big. They all tasted similar. Yeah. Uh, I think I remember Sensation being my favorite. Yeah, I feel like they were all very similar. Like they were all on par with um, like it, like the very best grocery store strawberry you could get. They're, they were really firm. All of them were very firm, which was nice, especially for processing and um, distributing them mm -hmm. um, versus other like we have a row outside that and those strawberries are a bit more tender and hard to handle a lot but these were really nice because they were very firm yeah we do have one the one variety that we had before all of this uh was an unknown and it, it creates like a little obconic berry and those were actually those are the ones that don't store very well and those taste notably sweeter than any of the berries mm -hmm. that we grew in this tunnel so that's why we say it's not quite the best uh, in flavor, but it's still really good. Yeah, definitely. Nick and Marine recorded the yield of each of the cultivars. The yields were lower than we expected. The highest yielding cultivar was San Drill, about 0.76 pounds per plant, and the lowest yielding cultivar was Merced, about 0.2 pounds per plant. Other cultivars they have tried include Sweet Charlie. Monterey, Ruby Jew, Sensation, and Chandler. Here is how Nick and Marin think about the yield, their income from the strawberry plants, and other sorts of growing strawberries in the caterpillar tunnel compared to other crops they typically grow. So the I thought that the yield was pretty disappointing, but I was so overwhelmed with the excitement of just having strawberries that we had grown um, and in a large enough quantity to sell 
uh, that I didn't really notice my disappointment and, until after the harvest stop. Yeah. Um, it was a really easy crop. Like, it required very little maintenance. Uh, most of the labor time dedicated towards it was the covering and uncovering yeah. of the fleece during the winter and also just harvest. So we we decided to sell these strawberries at six a pound and that was pretty low, I think. And I wish that I had put more effort into uh, uh, figuring that out before I, I spoke it into existence. But um, they people bought them very readily at six a pound. I think eight a pound even could have been uh, reasonable, especially during the early market. For six a pound, I mean six times a hundred, that's $600 out of this whole tunnel. Um, at eight a pound, it would be $800 out of this whole, t whole tunnel. Um, if our most profitable crop were salad mix and this whole tunnel were to salad mix and we could get probably 40 pounds out of each row in one harvest, uh, that's 120 pounds, that's 1200 at $10 a pound for salad mix. So that's double, um, and we could... I mean, the salad mix would take about one month to mature from seed, um, whereas these were in the ground from September until now, which is the beginning of June, so that's nine months. Um, I mean, re realistically, we can't grow salad mix every single time mm -hmm. um, in every single tunnel, yeah. but economically, the way that we did it, it didn't, it didn't economically make sense for us. Um, the lowest yielding thing that we would typically have grown in a tunnel would probably have been radishes, um, which take a little bit longer than the month to mature, and we could probably harvest, like, let's just say a hundred bunches of radishes out of one of these rows, three hundred in the whole row, nine hundred. Mm -hmm. So this might have been the least profitable thing that, that we've grown, um, although compared to other uh, research and other people's experiences, our yield was definitely a lot lower, substantially lower than um, commercial farmers might get, um, or other more experienced farmers or people with the right soil. Um, if we could adjust our soil and amend it to, to be more uh, suitable for strawberries and, and see uh, an increase of yield of 100 or 200 percent, then I think it would, it would definitely be economically feasible and i think there's room for that to realistically happen um if you were getting a pound of plant um, which seems like a, an industry standard to get a pound per plant and then in a tunnel system the yield could be higher i don't know but at least a pound of plant um mm -hmm. would would definitely make it worth it i think especially since comparatively it's so low maintenance. Mm -hmm. um, it also has the value of, um, and this might touch on another question, but it has the value of adding diversity to what you offer. Mm -hmm. um, and our strawberries were um, probably three weeks earlier, maybe four weeks earlier than, than uh, other people in mm -hmm. town. And if we had set up at a farmer's market, I know that if we had set out strawberries at the end of April, then people would have come to our booth mm -hmm. first before other people to get those. And we probably could have made a lot more sales yeah. um, in that scenario of other of other things. So it's valuable in, in terms of that. It adds diversity to, to your 
crop lineup. And anecdotally, I noticed that when we would bring our CSA to the distribution point, people would always flock towards the strawberries mm-hmm. um, and start making comments about the strawberries and how early they are and how big they are, mm-hmm. um, saying that they didn't know it was even time for strawberries. So people were definitely excited about them, and so that that's definitely something that can be uh, capitalized on. Um, I like that, you know, they're just so low maintenance they're so hardy i feel like you know even if we did grow lettuce in this tunnel there's no get like it could have taken longer for the lettuce to come in or the weather could have had a greater effect on the lettuce i feel like you have to baby it a lot more yeah so i think that's what's nice about having strawberries is that you know putting in kind of minimal effort you can get something that people are so excited about and it you know it i don't know i feel like we've had a few failures with growing through the winter yeah with a lack of sunlight or with the cold. <clears throat> and so it's it's nice to have this crop here, I think, almost as a, as a cover crop of sorts. It's not a cover crop, but. Yeah, and, and so in, in terms of crop rotation, like rotating families, I mean, there's not many other annual crops in the rosaceae family. So it's really beneficial in, in that regard if, you know, you're over encumbered by all of the brassicas and asters that you've been cropping in your high tunnels to put a, a strawberry to kind of interrupt the uh, pest cycle or disease cycle mm-hmm. for, for other higher value crops. Nick and Marine mentioned strawberry is low maintenance for them. I asked what's their labor input in growing this crop. Yeah, so once we set the, once we transplanted the strawberries into the plastic mulch and set the drip irrigation up, which took a while to Mm -hmm. lay out the irrigation, the plastic mulch, and then transplant everything, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe four or five hours uh, for both of us. Um, They were relatively maintenance-free until we needed to harvest them, Mm -hmm. and they looked pretty good, despite the crowns not being... uh, as big as they should have been, nothing was like demanding our attention really from the strawberries from September, from mid-September when we planted them all the way until maybe March. Once they flowered, uh, which for us was in, I think, early March, then it became more intensive with covering and uncovering uh, because the mm-hmm. flowers can't be exposed to frost. So the temperature threshold rose where we would cover uh, the plants with fleece. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, it, it was noticeably easier to grow than any other winter crop that we had tried because we would deal with premature bolting and brassicas in the spring or um, rot from the cold, wet soil and lettuces mm-hmm. and, and other like rosette forming brassicas mm-hmm. um, that it just didn't seem to affect the strawberries. Yeah. But the majority of your labor is in harvest. The majority of your labor is in bending over, which, uh, you know, is cumbersome, um, certainly. Um, but what was I going to say? But there was minimal processing. I mean, we just essentially pulled them, put them into bags, and moved them out. We didn't wash them or anything, you know, so it was nice for that reason. You didn't really have to process and take the time to process. Um, just weighing them out was as much processing. So that was nice too. As Nick mentioned, the yield was lower than we expected. We discussed what factors might affect the yield. 
This is one of the first crops that we had planted in this tunnel. So uh, previously this whole land was uh, deer and horses were kept here in this area. So that uh, sort of eutrophicated the soil. And then to further eutrophicate the soil, we put chickens over this area um, to kind of till uh, lightly. Mm -hmm. After chickens were in the area, we put a tarp over it. Um, after we took the tarp off, we broad forked it, amended it with more compost, and uh, and then put the mulches down over it. And saying that out loud, it sounds like maybe we put uh, a lot more amendments into the soil than maybe we needed. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that that's necessary at all for strawberries, and I think they're best adapted to, to low nutrient soils. Mm -hmm. uh, we had issues with groundhogs and rabbits, um, yeah. despite our despite our efforts. Um, yeah. That was probably the biggest crop loss. We didn't have any disease issues mm -hmm. that affected yield, or we didn't have pest issues that affected yield. Looking forward. I asked Nick and Marine, are they interested in continuing to grow this crop? And what change they might make based on these years of experience? Yes, I think mm -hmm. we're definitely interested in, in continuing with strawberries. Um, I think that better site selection in terms of uh, soil composition is, is going to be something that we focus on. Mm -hmm. We've already chosen the space to put them uh, this fall, um, and it, it our soil tests say that it's lower in many nutrients compared to what we have in here. Mm -hmm. um, Having more maximum security for groundhogs, I think. There was a spot in our fence that they kept getting in through, and so I think prepping for those things further ahead of time um, would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. I like. Uh, at, at, at first, I, I was sort of idealistically opposed to the plastic mulches, but I don't, I cannot imagine doing this without mm. them. I thought they were really useful. We didn't really have an issue with slugs or anything, which we do have around the farm. Mm -hmm. I thought they were really useful for preventing runners from rooting and just from preventing things from getting too messy in the, in the tunnel. So I think that we would continue with that. Last but not least. I asked Nick and Marine what suggestions they would like to give to other small urban farmers interested in growing strawberries. Um, if, if one were to have the market for a U-Pick operation, absolutely go that way. Um, if, you know, the, the most labor is for harvesting and if you can make other people, make, yeah, make other enthusiastic people do that, um, then I think that would be smart. Um, I think having the right packaging is really helpful, especially considering who you're distributing to. Um, for us, it was, you know, we used paper bags, which I think is not ideal because then people take that home and it's a bit too humid for the strawberries and so maybe they don't last as long. Um, so I think investing in the packaging that you would put the strawberries into is upfront is a good idea. Even the, um, the like, what are they? Those like blue pint containers weren't really, uh, they didn't really work for us because we couldn't stack them, whereas the clamshell you can stack. Mm -hmm. um, we just didn't like, they took up too much space if they were in yeah. those blue pine containers. So really I think clamshells are the way to go. Yeah. Um, and some people, like for us, it wasn't until about halfway through our harvest that we asked, we reached out to the market and said that we 
were having like we wanted containers and they just so happened to have kept a bunch from consumers who brought them back um, from other fruits that they had had of them which is really helpful so something to consider if people save those um it is very plastic intensive uh, I think that could be a concern for a lot of small farmers. Mm -hmm. The tunnel itself is covered with plastic. The mulch is made of plastic. The strawberries would be harvested and ideally put into a plastic clamshell. Mm -hmm. It's a very uh, plastic crop. I think the term is annual plastic culture for the for the method of production that we're that we're doing. So it's it's pretty plastic intensive, intensive, um, and and that I think could be a concern other farmers trying it um, hopefully they can hear the advantages and disadvantages and our experience and other farmers experiences with it and see if they can tweak the system to use less mm -hmm. plastic um, having early strawberries uh, could probably be done with a low tunnel rather than a whole high tunnel which would be cheaper and use less plastic mm -hmm. um, and you could still reap the benefit of uh, an early market in that case, um, especially if your if your goal is not to have uh, an endless supply or ubiquity of strawberries, but just to have their presence at on your market table, um, I think that could that could make a lot of sense. Um, but overall, I think they were they were easy to grow, they were fun to have, and nice to share with people, mm -hmm. um, and we would want to do it again in the future.